0: I'm recording this episode on Wednesday, May 3rd, and this weekend I have the biggest honor. I will fly to California to be the commencement speaker at the University of California Maritime Academy's graduation. I am so incredibly humbled to be the speaker. I've been working on my speech, and today I just want to share with you some public speaking lessons learned and hopefully you can take something away to be a better public speaker yourself. Welcome everyone. You are listening to the Women Offshore podcast. This is Ali Cedeno and Christine McMillan. We are both experienced seafarers and at Women Offshore, we are making waves. The Women Offshore Foundation propels Women Plus into meaningful careers through access to a worldwide community and professional development resources, while raising awareness amongst industry leaders and decision makers about issues affecting women on the water. This podcast is an integral part of our mission, and we appreciate you listening in. New episodes of the Women Offshore Podcast are available every Tuesday. Subscribe on whatever platform you like to listen to podcasts on, and be in the know about the latest topics related to diversity, equity, and inclusion within the maritime and offshore industries. Thanks for tuning in. We have another great episode for you today. So when I started Women Offshore, I did not realize that I would have to do so much public speaking. And don't get me wrong, it's a huge honor. I am very grateful when someone invites me to come speak, but I was not prepared initially for that. I was always someone who got nervous in front of other people, even if I wasn't having to give a speech, just you know, raising my hand in class or speaking amongst a group of friends. I felt like I was always... So nervous and worried about being judged. And I would think a lot ahead of time about what I would want to say. And if I was put on the spot, I would also freeze. I would not be able to think. And afterwards, I would be so hard on myself because I didn't say what I knew at that point I should have said. You know, this. Had some repercussions. It would affect my grades in school. It would affect my self esteem. I did not know how to help myself. I was just nervous and I cared so much about what other people thought. You know, time goes by and I get older, care a little bit less about what people think, start women offshore and start getting asked to speak at events. And I was so, so nervous the first few times. And then I. Ended up going to Rice University, getting my MBA, and I took a class on public speaking. In that class, you know, I walked in thinking, okay, you know, I've done a few public speaking gigs. I've talked to rooms of people. You know, I got this. This would be an easy A. And yeah, it was an easy A, but at the same time, I dug in deep because I had an amazing professor who wanted me to still get better and better. Granted, I am not the best public speaker, but I do put a lot of work into it. I pride myself in where I've come from, that girl that was so nervous in class to speak up in front of people, and now I can get up on stage in front of hundreds of people and I really feel in the moment when I'm speaking that I have everyone's attention and I can keep that attention because I've learned how to engage people. So as I shared in the beginning of this episode, I'm going to fly to California, speak at the amazing University of California Maritime Academy's graduation. I want to read my speech for you because I'm practicing. So why not use the opportunity to practice on the podcast? A little pressure, right? But also, I want to share some of the lessons learned that I have in my back pocket. And maybe they can help you. Maybe you're like me where you wanted to really improve your public speaking. I have a handful of lessons starting with number one. So lesson number one is to practice, right? You know, that doesn't seem like that phenomenal of a lesson learned. However, I can tell you that most people don't practice and they don't practice their presentation. And Practicing is the difference between a good speech and really a great speech. When you practice it, whether that's in the shower, in the car, in your living room, in front of your dog or your baby or your whoever is gonna listen or you're gonna pretend that they're listening, It makes such a big difference when you finally get in front of your real audience. And so, my advice to you is not just to practice, but to practice, 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 practice. Practice over and over and over again. Get to the point where you know it without looking at your slides, without looking at your paper. Now, I do have to say, I will most likely read from a paper this weekend, which is not my normal style but my speech had to be approved. And so I wanna make sure I don't go off script. I will be looking up and I will have a lot of it memorized, but I will be somewhat reading. Normally I don't read at all. Normally I get up in front of people and I just talk. And that brings me to step number two, is when you talk to your audience, I want you to talk to them like you are talking to one person. And what I usually do is When I go to speak at a venue, I try to meet people beforehand. I meet the people that want to hear what I have to say. Because when you get up there and say you do get nervous, and you see that they're smiling and nodding and they're into what you have to say, it will help you. You will relax, you will feel supported, and it will be a lot easier to get through your speech. So find those people. Sometimes there's one or two. I remember a few years ago, it was before the pandemic actually, and I flew to Boston to speak at this industry event, and it was a room full of men. I think Captain Phillips was in the audience. There were all these men. And for the most part, they were very stoic. I could not gauge what they were thinking. I could tell they were paying attention, but I wasn't really sure what was going on in their heads. Like, were they enjoying this? Were they interested to the point where they wanted to be a part of Women Offshore? Like, what was this? You know, I there were a few friendly faces beforehand. And there was one, though, one that made the biggest difference. And she was sitting all the way in the back and I saw her a few minutes into my speech, and she was nodding her head, and she was going along with everything that I was saying. I swear that head was going to fall off because she was nodding it so fast and with so much excitement, you name it. I really just talked to her, right? I mean, I still looked at everyone else. But I was giving the speech for her because she was into it, and my excitement grew, and I was really able to lean into what I was saying because I saw her reactions. So look for those people, especially if you're nervous. They're there. Make eye contact with them. It's a magical thing when the audience feels like you're talking to them. They will feel more engaged. It will just it will be a better experience for everyone that way. So lesson three. You are not going to appear as nervous as you believe you are appearing to everyone and granted you're not gonna believe me with this lesson right you're no no, there's no way like Allie come on they're gonna see me sweating they're gonna see my knees wobbling they're gonna hear it in my voice they might see some of it but I kid you not it's not gonna be as bad as you think it is and so what I want you to do is get in front of a group and record yourself. So next time you go to speak publicly, see what it looks like. See it from their point of view. And what you'll realize is that it's not that bad. It's actually really good. And you should be proud of yourself and know that everything that you're feeling inside, your heart racing, you feel like you can't breathe, all of that, it's okay. You're doing just fine and people aren't gonna see it. You're feeling it in that moment. Try to breathe. Now that brings me to my next point. Breathe. Take deep breaths before you get up on the stage. Big, long, beautiful, deep breaths. I don't know why, but before I get up on stage, the first few minutes beforehand, I just stop breathing. I get so nervous that I cannot breathe and i have to force myself to take deep breaths and when i start doing that and i just focus on my breathing my body slows down and i don't feel as rushed and it's it's so much easier oh so much easier just breathe and then my last point for you a big lesson i learned was actually when i was offshore I was on this one vessel, and every morning in the mess, they would play HLN Morning News with Robin Mead. Now, Robin Mead, I don't think she's on HLN anymore, but you could always Google her videos. And Robin Mead is this brilliant, smart woman who had a very successful cable news channel, and she's literally all over the place. She messes up. She can be serious. She can be funny. She is everything. And what I took away from her is that she comes to her show to be herself. And if she messes up, she just rolls with it. And it's charming and it's effective. So if you mess up, just don't worry about it. Be yourself. People will find it charming. I'm not saying to be unprofessional and I'm not saying to swear or to overshare. There's certain things that you really shouldn't do on stage in front of people, but I'm saying to be yourself and try to relax and know that you can mess up. People will still find it endearing. Those are my tips, handful of tips for you, things that I've learned about public speaking. We can all be better at public speaking. The more you do it, the better you get. And so I hope you will Take these and apply them to your own life. This is literally the big lessons I've learned the last five years, speaking whether that was virtually or in person, and hey, on the podcast. So I'm going to read for you my speech. (laughs) Why am I getting nervous? Oh gosh, it's just me sitting in my office, and all of a sudden I'm getting nervous because I'm about to read this to you. By the time you hear this, I will have already delivered it at California Maritime Academy, So there's no spoiler alerts for anyone listening in. Um, The people that were supposed to hear it have heard it. Here we go. Let's do this. It is wonderful to be with you today. Thank you so much for asking me to speak with you on this momentous occasion. Congratulations to all of you for what you have achieved at Cal Maritime. As you emerge into the maritime industry and other sectors, you have already accomplished greatness, yet there's so much more for you to achieve. I would like to start by thanking President Cropper, Trustee Julia Lopez, from the Cal State University Chancellor's Office and the University Cabinet. All of those who work to make today possible, including the support staff and public safety, the faculty for their devotion to this graduating class, and many more to come. And let's not forget the families and friends of the cadets for their years of support. Today would not be possible without you. I want you to take a second and look to the person on your left and to your right you stand with future giants of the maritime industry. You and your classmates will go on to become leaders, trailblazers, wave makers, and change makers. They will become captains, chief engineers, business leaders, government officials, and possibly even astronauts. Plus, they and you will achieve many more amazing professional and personal achievements. Just like you, I am a graduate of a Maritime Academy. Don't hold it against me, though, but I am a king's pointer. I think back on when I first got a taste of being captain. I was six years old, and I was the captain of my own boat. It was about seven feet long, and I had a beautiful, colorful sail that was striped like a rainbow. With my little yellow life jacket on, I sailed from a dock, and I steered my boat, tacking back and forth. Really, I didn't go very far, but it was the biggest adventure I had been on by myself. I was my own captain, thrilled to be navigating a small bay. Don't worry, my dad was watching me, ready to come rescue me if I capsized or needed him in any way. Fast forward almost 20 years later, I was a new third mate with a very shiny license, navigating a much bigger boat. I was on the bridge of a 300-foot cruise ship in Antarctica. We had been below the Antarctic Circle, sailed to Elephant Island, and seen more penguins than I can count. Navigating around ice is something that I was learning and enjoying. I loved the challenge and I didn't take it lightly as we carried passengers back and forth across the Drake Passage, one of the most dangerous waters in the world. I wish I could tell you that working on the water, especially as a woman, was always a welcome environment where I could thrive. I wanted it to be a place where I could be a captain of a vessel of any size and would be welcome rather than judged for my gender the moment I stepped on board. However, throughout my career, since I joined a ship in 2005 as a cadet and worked my way up the ranks, I have faced immense challenges. I have been told women don't belong at sea. I have experienced sexual harassment and even sexual assault. My colleagues, who I should have been able to rely on in an emergency, even a personal emergency, such as being the victim of sexual misconduct, looked the other way, said nothing when things happened, or told me I needed to get over what happened to me. Navigating my career through interpersonal challenges with crew members, there were times when I wanted to quit. However, I stuck with it. As the captain of my life, I remained determined to navigate this career and sail towards my goals with the same grit I showed my dad as a six-year-old, with the tiller in one hand and the main sheet in the other. Why? Because just like you, I belong at sea. In 2015, I stepped on board a drill ship and it was different. There were women in every department. No longer was I this anomaly walking down the deck because there would be a woman behind me and in front of me. In this environment, I thrived. Working with other women on board, we mentored and supported each other to navigate our careers. No longer was I navigating my career alone. I had a co-captain and sometimes more than one. I was promoted for the first time in my career to be the officer in charge of a navigational watch as a senior dynamic positioning operator. With that promotion came a transfer to a brand new drill ship in South Korea. On this new drill ship, I was the only woman, and I missed that camaraderie from my previous vessel, a sense of belonging that I'd never known before. I thought, that's how the industry is supposed to be. This was early 2017, before the Me Too movement and the maritime industry got on board with gender equality, as we know today. I thought, if the industry is not going to change, maybe I could do something about that. I created a website called Women Offshore. It would be the place I always needed to support a woman's career and help her navigate the industry. In the last six years has grown to become the top resource for women plus who work on the water. Thanks to a community of seafarers, we provide mentorship and guidance. We also help young women and underestimated groups emerge into the industry and navigate their careers. We have created a pipeline of female talent in our career support programming. Women Offshore has had a great hand in influencing policy and legislation. Through EMBARC and the Safe Seas Act, we are creating systemic change to make our seas safer. The sea should be safe for all genders and for all races, for everyone. My organization has worked relentlessly for this change and will continue to do so. I am a female seafarer, resilient and relentless. I am the captain of my life, steering my boat and making waves across industries. You too will make great waves. You are your own captain with the helm in your hands and you will navigate your career around challenges and even find ways to break through them. It is no secret that you will be blown off track. When you feel yourself struggling to make it to your next waypoint in life, I want you to remember the following lessons. Lesson one, build your community. Working in the maritime industry can be lonely, especially for women and other underestimated groups, but you are not alone. Seek out a supportive community of peers, lean on each other, mentor each other, and lift each other up. Everyone can help build an inclusive community by looking for who is being left out. Lesson two, speak up for a respectful work environment. Now, I know this is not new advice for all of you, but it is a different world when you are no longer on campus. When your livelihood is at stake and you are responsible for paying bills and supporting loved ones, it is even harder to speak up and many won't. However, you must always speak up for a respectful work environment and demand it. Our industry is our workplace and our home. It must be safe for everyone. Always raise your voice and your concerns to your company, union, and the Coast Guard Investigation Services. Report. Make it known when there is a problem. Because decision makers can't do anything about it when they don't know what the problem is. And those who don't investigate issues also, need to be held accountable. Lesson three Be accountable for your own actions. You will stumble in your career. You will make mistakes. Own them. Acknowledge them and learn from them. Do everything you can to not repeat them. You are more than your mistakes and you can grow to become the leader you want to be despite them. Lesson four Demand the industry be better. The maritime industry needs to be better. There is no doubt about that. It must be better, and it can be better. The work that my organization has put into it is not enough. More must be done to ensure accountability and equality, and that's just one area in a sea of problems. To address issues of inequality and injustice, we need to be more welcoming of all types of people. We must empower everyone to join the maritime industry and feel included to stay in it. We cannot be diverse if we are not inclusive. Demand the organizations that you work for are transparent around their diversity numbers, that they eliminate systemic bias and inequalities in the workplace, and that policies are written with other genders in mind, including non-binary. Demand better, and once you are in a position of authority, be better than your predecessors. Make the changes so that the cadets who will graduate after you enter an industry that is accountable and inclusive. Lesson five, never stop learning. The global workforce is constantly evolving and it's important to stay current with the latest technologies and best practices. Seek out new opportunities for training and professional development. And don't be afraid to ask questions. Keep growing. And when you learn something interesting, share it. Mentor a peer, teach them what you have learned to assist them, and help them grow. Lesson six, take care of yourself. Working on the water can be physically and emotionally demanding. It's important to prioritize your own health and well-being. Make time for self-care, exercise, and rest. Please don't hesitate to seek out support when you need it. While offshore, I would make an effort to regularly work out, watch the sunset or sunrise, and call home. These little things helped me get through the tough days. Lesson seven, know that you belong in the industry. Know that you are a part of an important and elite group that is united by the ocean and the industries you serve. On merchant ships, you will move 90% of the world's goods. On research vessels, you will explore frontiers of our ocean. On cruise ships, you will entertain and carry passengers on trips of a lifetime, and the opportunities are endless across sectors. You may be involved in the space industry, recovering rockets onto your vessel. You may find yourself offshore on an ultra-deepwater drill ship. Shout out to my employer, Transocean, conducting exploratory drilling and taking part in the energy expansion to diversify energy sources and improve energy security. You may end up working in wind, tending to giant turbines. Every piece of engineering, transportable consumable good, or environmental policy on the West Coast is likely shaped by one of your alumni. Your impact when you leave this campus can be tremendous as well. The world needs your leadership. There are so many opportunities for you both on land and at sea. Your experience matters. You belong in the industry. Class of 2023, you are your own captain and your ship is named opportunity. Set sail knowing that you are powerful and resilient. Your experience matters. And don't ever let anyone tell you otherwise. I wish you fair winds and following seas as you navigate this industry and proceed full ahead after your career dreams. Congratulations, class of 2023. Whether ashore or afloat, I look forward to seeing you in the industry. Whew, that was long. all right, though. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to my speech if you made it this far. To those of you who I will see at California Maritime Academy this weekend, I can't wait. Congratulations again for everything you've accomplished. There is so much more for you out there, and I am honored to be your commencement speaker. Thanks for tuning in to the Women Offshore podcast come back next Tuesday for another new episode. If you want to propel Women Offshore forward, visit womenoffshore.shop. Make a donation or purchase some swag. Until next time, stay safe out there and we will talk to you soon.